0: In Hamdalilla, nahmaduhu and Esterino, and Ester Ferro, when I all the villa him in Shururi and Fusina, women say Amalina, many Hadi Hilla, who feller, Mulilla, women you the little feller, Hadiella, Wash Haduan La, Illa, who wached the Hula Shari Kella, Wash Haduana Mohammed and Abedaho or a solo. Amma So we've reached in Baloo Maram the Ahadith that we're going to speak about. The times of prohibition, the times when the prayers are not to be prayed. But as we will come to the explanation, there are some exceptions that the scholars, they make to that. Uh, so we were at the hadith of Abu Sa'id. Al-Khudri radiallahu anhu qal, Sami'tu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul, La salata ba'da as hatta وَلَا صلاة بَعْدْ العصر حَتَّى تَغْيِبَ الشَّمْسِ متفق عليه ولفظ مسلم لا صلاة بَعْدَ صلاة الْفَجْرِ In this hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri عنه, he says, I heard the Prophet say, There is no prayer after the fajr until the sun rises. There is no prayer after the fajr prayer until the sun rises. And there is no prayer after Asr. Until the sun sets. And that is a hadith which is agreed upon by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. And in the wording of Muslim it says specifically Fajr. That there is no other prayer after Salatul Fajr. Up until the sun it rises. Then we also have the hadith of Uqbat ibn Amir. Radiallahu anhu qal. Thalathu sa'at in kana Rasulullah yanhana an nusallya he said that there are three times where the Prophet ﷺ used to forbid us to pray within them. أو أن Or that we bury our dead within them. Now if somebody dies, it was also prohibited to bury them in these three particular times. What are those times? وَحِينَ يَقُومُ قَائِمُ حَتَّى تَزُولُ الشَّمْسُ وَحِينَ تَتَضَيَّفُ الشَّمْسُ لِلْغُرُوبَ These are the three times mentioned. We'll come to those in detail with the explanation. The point of these two narrations is therefore to highlight that there are certain times when it is not permissible to pray the times of prohibition al Sheikh al-Fawzan he says, "Hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri and Hadith of Uqbah ibn Amr al-Juhani, within them is the clarification of the times of prohibition." يعني الأوقات التي لا تجوز النافل فيها, i.e. the times wherein it is not permissible to pray supererogatory prayers. So in the first hadith, the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri two times are mentioned when it is not permissible to be praying any supererogatory prayers. In the second hadith of Uqbat ibn Amr, three more times are mentioned. Therefore we have a end result whereby there are five times that are mentioned during the day that a person should not pray nawafil pray prayers in those times. So the first of those times is what? وهو من طلوع السبح حتى تطلع الشمس وفي رواية لا صلاة بعد صلاة السبح حتى تطلع الشمس هذا هو الوقت الأول فإذا طلع الفجر انتهت النافلة ولم يبقى إلا صلاة الفجر فقط وقبلها راتبة الفجر فلا يجوز للإنسان أن ينتفل أن يتنفل بعد طلوع الفجر إلا راتبة الفجر فقط The first time which is mentioned, where it is impermissible to pray, supererogatory prayers, nawafil prayers, is when the Fajr time begins from the dawn up until when the sun rises, meaning the time of Fajr. The time of Fajr was when the true dawn arises up until sunrise. In that time, it is not permissible to pray supererogatory prayers, nawafal prayers. The only prayers that are allowed in that time are obviously what? The fajr prayer and the ratibah that go with fajr. The two raka'at that go with fajr. Two raka'at for the actual fajr prayer, the fard, and two raka'at, the ratibah that go with fajr. Those are the only two prayers that are to be prayed within that time. Once the dawn, the true dawn, it starts, then your superagatory prayers, you stop them. The night prayer, the, 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 the uh, tahajjud and tarawih, or other names that are given to it, those prayers, they are then stopped when the dawn it begins. The superrogatory prayers are no longer allowed in this time. Now the time for the fajr has begun, the only prayers allowed are the fajr itself and the two ratiwa that go with it, up until sunrise. Otherwise, in that time, no prayer other than them is allowed, not even the witr. Due to the clear statement of the Prophet La Salata بعد subh, that there is no other prayer after the arise of the dawn. There is no other prayer after the arise of the dawn. وَالنَّفِي هُونَهُ وَالنَّفِيٌ لِلسِّحَّةِ And the prohibition here, the negation here indicates a negation of accurateness or correctness. Meaning that the prayer would not be correct if you prayed it. Any other supererogatory prayers, if you prayed them in that time, they would not be correct. The other narration said that there is no other prayer بعد after the fajr prayer. So here we have two slightly different narrations. One narration is saying when the dawn arises, the true dawn up until sunrise, i.e. the time of fajr, the whole of the time of fajr. No other prayer is allowed apart from fajr and the two raka'at, ratibatul fajr. The other narration says, from the Fajr prayer itself. Not the beginning time of Fajr, not the dawn when it arises, but the Fajr prayer itself. Once you've prayed that, then after that, up until sunrise, no other prayer is allowed, except if you needed to pray the Rati Fajr. So there's two slightly different narrations. Uh, the first narration indicates that the dawn, when it arises, that's it, the prohibition time starts. The second narration indicates that actually it's when you've prayed your fajr, then after that time, it is not permissible to pray uh, any other prayer. الفجر الفجر so this would therefore indicate based upon the second narration that it is not permissible to pray any other supererogatory prayers after the Fajr prayer up until sunrise that you could pray supererogatory prayers in the Fajr time itself but it would have to be before you pray the actual Fajr prayer. So as an example as an example if fajr begins the fajr time the dawn the true dawn was for example these days now maybe 4am 3:30am 4am whatever it is let's say for example to illustrate it 4am let's say the fajr prayer in the jamaah in the masjid is 4:30am and let's say that the sunrise is 5:30am so now the time begins at 4 a.m. And Fajr, uh, and the sunrise, for example, is 5.30 a.m. The jama'ah in the masjid is at 4.30 a.m. Upon the first opinion, you would not be allowed to pray any supererogatory prayers between when and when. From 4 till 5.30. On the second opinion, from 4.30 to 5.30. So you would have half an hour on the second opinion. The time for Fajr has begun, but the Fajr prayer hasn't been prayed yet. If you're going to pray that at 4.30, the jama'ah for example, then the first half an hour you could still pray through prayers. That is the difference between the two narrations. However, the Shaykh says the first narration that is more authentic. A riwayah al Ula Asah. A Shaykh al him, says that the first narration is more authentic. anna nahi min al-Fajr. That the prohibition it begins from the arise of the dawn itself. Uh, some of the reasons given for that is one of them that the Prophet ﷺ used to stop all of his supererogatory prayers and even his witr and everything at the first time, before the time of the fajr began. And that's one of the reasons that they mention that it is the first time, and that is more authentic. The Sheikh mentions that from the time of the fajr beginning the dawn, the true dawn, up until sunrise, then nothing else should be prayed other than the Fajr itself and the Ratibat al-Fajr. That is one time of prohibition to pray any other supererogatory prayers. The second time which is mentioned in the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radhiallahu anhu is, يَبْدَأُ مِنْ صلاة الْعَصَرِ وَيَسْتَمِرُّ إِلَىٰ غُرُوبِ الشَّمْسِ the time from after the Asr prayer up until sunset. From Asr prayer up until sunset. كُلُّ هَذَا لَا تَجُوزُ النَّافِلَةُ فِيهِ All of that time from the Asr prayer up until sunset, then superrogatory prayers are not permissible and they are not Correct. وقد جاء تعليل ذلك بأن الشمس تغرب بين قَرْنَي شيطان وحين إذن يسجد لها الكفار فَنُهِيَ المسلمون عن الصلاة في هذا الوقت سَدًّا للذريعة بأن لا يتشبه بالكفار وَسَدًّا للذريعة الشرك. One of the reasons that has been given for this time of prohibition, from after the asr prayer up until sunset that you shouldn't pray any other supererogatory prayers, any other nawafil. One of the reasons given is because it is mentioned in some narrations that the sun, it sets between the horns of the shaitan. The sun, it sets as it goes down at the end of the day, between the horns of the shaitan. And as we know that some of the people, the mushrikeen, they used to worship the shaitan and they used to worship the sun and particularly, this was one of the times that they would specify for their worship. When the sun was setting, they would specify that time for their worship. And we have already been told in the Sunnah, Man tashabba bi qawmin fahua minhum. Whomsoever imitates a group of people, then he is from them. So we've been prohibited from imitating other people in their religions and in their beliefs. So here we know that some of these shaitan worshippers, some of the sun worshippers, they used to worship specifically at the time of sunset. And as we said, it's mentioned that the sun goes down between the horns of the shaitan. These are some of the reasonings that some of the scholars have said, that you should not pray any nawafil prayers after asr up until sunset. They are the first two times that are mentioned where supererogatory prayers should not be prayed. Then in the hadith of عقبة بن عامر رضي الله عنه there are three more times that are mentioned ففيه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نهى في ثلاث ساعات عن دفن الموتى وعن الصلاة وهذه الساعات بيّنها بأنها حين تطلع الشمس بازغة حتى ترتفع هذه ساعة والساعة الثانية وحين يقوم قائم الظهر حتى تزول الشمس والثالثة وحين تتضيّف الشمس للغروب حتى تغرب. إن of العقبة ibn عامر there are three more times where it is mentioned it is impermissible to pray your nawaf prayers or in fact to bury your dead. if a person dies then it is impermissible to bury them in these times that are mentioned. In the hadith of Uqbat ibn Amir, the first of the times that is mentioned, in the hadith of Uqbat ibn Amir, is, حين تطلع الشمس بازغة At the time of sunrise, when the sun rises, in those early moments of sunrise, in those early moments when the sun is rising, then the supererogatory prayers should not be prayed ترتفع, until the sun it comes up a bit. So when the sun is just starting to rise up in the morning, at the time of sunrise itself, at those early stages of sunrise, in those early moments of sunrise, then it is not permissible to pray any supererogatory prayers حَتَّى تَرْتَفِعْ The hadith says, until it actually comes up properly, until it actually rises properly. Then after that is a different issue. But when it's just starting to rise up, those early moments of sunrise, just as it's coming up, then it is not permissible to pray the supererogatory prayers. Anyone one hadith it mentions, that you should allow it to arise uh, uh, قِيْسَ رُمْحْ رمحين. قِيْسَ رُمْحْ ramhain uh, that it should be allowed to come up to the level of a spear or two spears, they mentioned, meaning that it should be allowed to come up a certain amount, allow the early moments of sunrise to pass by, and then you pray. And most of the time, that is often predicted to be maybe 15-20 minutes, half an hour, those early stages of sunrise, just as it rises, then straight after that you shouldn't pray. You should wait a while for the sun to properly rise up and then you can pray any supererogatory prayers that you wish to pray. So that is one of the times that I mentioned where the supererogatory prayers should not pray, be prayed. What's the reasoning for that? We already said it. Same reasoning. Again, it's mentioned that the sun it rises between the horns of the shaitan. So again, not to imitate those people, those mushrikeen who used to specify the sunrise time also for their worship. Not to imitate them and to be upon their way. And as the Shaykh says, Saddan Liddariah, to block any pathways leading onto shirk. This is one of the things mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah. Not only are you prohibited from doing certain things. But sometimes even something in of itself might not be haram. There may be an action that in of itself it's not haram. But you don't do it anyway to stop any potential pathway leading onto something that is haram. So here now, praying at that time when the sun is rising or setting, a mu'min, a muwahid praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon ta'wheed isn't committing any shirk. But you don't do that to block any potential issue arising. For people to perhaps consider that maybe the Muslims, they pray at that time because they are imitating those mushrikeen. You don't want to cause any confusion or allow any doors to be opened up in that way. li zariah. So you stop the pathways even before you get to the haram. The haram is to commit shirk and to be like the people who used to worship shaitan. But to just stop praying in that time as a means of blocking any potential pathway leading to the shirk. And that is mentioned, it's a principle. In the Qur'an it says, "Wala zina." Do not go anywhere near fornication. The actual act of fornication is haram. But the Qur'an doesn't say, do not fornicate in that ayah. It says, do not go anywhere close to fornication. I.e. even the pathways and the various avenues, that in of themselves, some of them may not be haram. Some of those things in of themselves, possibly, may not be haram, but they are ways and pathways, and avenues that lead you onto the fornication. So the Qur'an says, even those actions and those avenues that could lead you onto fornication, don't even do them. Block it from the very beginning, let alone get anywhere near to fornication. So here again, uh, that's the reasoning mentioned as to why it is not to be prayed at the time when the sun just begins to arise in those early moments. Then there is a second time which is mentioned in the hadith of عقبت ibn Amr. حين يقوم قائم الظهر أي وسط النهار أي حين تتوسط الشمس في كبد السماء وتعلو على الرؤوس وَلَا يَكُونُ هُنَاكَ ظل مِنْ جهة الْغَرْبَ فهذا هو معنى قائم الظهيرة. The second time when it is impermissible is when the sun is directly above the heads in the middle of the sky. When the sun is right in the middle of the sky directly above the heads, there is no shadow whatsoever to your west. There is no shadow because the sun is directly above your head then at that middle time of the day, that peak time of the day, it is not permissible to pray. But what about Dhuhr prayer then? When does the time for Dhuhr start? Just after that. When the sun does go past the middle part of the day, starts to go down towards the west ever so slightly, and your shadow begins on the east ever so slightly, that's when Dhuhr starts. Not when the sun is directly above When it's directly above, it's not permissible to pray any of the nawafil or to bury the dead as it's mentioned in this hadith. حَتَّى تَزُولُ الشَّمْسَ Until the sun starts to fall, until the sun starts to descend. So when it starts to descend and the shadow starts to appear on the east, that's when we mentioned the time for dhuhr begins and that's when it's permissible to pray. There is a reasoning that some of the scholars have given for that. There is a reasoning some of the scholars they mentioned based upon certain narrations as to why it is impermissible to pray at that peak time in the day. There are some narrations where, or some of the scholars they mention that it is because at that time, at the peak time of the day, that's when the hellfire is lit up or burnt up that's when that affair occurs within the hellfire. So, due to that, then at that time, the prayer should not be prayed, the nawafil or the burying of the dead. The third time, which is mentioned in the hadith of Ubayy ibn Amr, رضي الله عنه, وحين تتضيّف الشمس يعني تميل وتقرب من الغروب وَالْعِلَّةُ في ذلك كما سبق ان الشمس تغيب بين قرني شيطان ويسجد لها الكفار فنوهي المسلمون عن الصلاه في هذا الوقت سَدًّا لِذَرِيْعَةِ الشرك ومنعا للتشبه بالكفار the third time which is specified is just before sunset those final few moments before sunset, then that is prohibited. And again, that is because of the reason we mentioned because the sun it sets between the horns of the shaitan. So these are three times that are mentioned. Three times that are mentioned where it is not permissible to pray any supererogatory prayers or to bury the dead. The meaning of burying the dead is that a person should not specify these particular times that have been mentioned to bury the dead. A person should not specify these times. However, if a person began burying someone deceased, for example, an hour or half an hour before the middle peak of the day, but for some reason the uh, process became elongated, it took a longer time than expected and the middle of the day began. The sun ended up being right at the peak. That doesn't mean you stop now and wait and let it go, then carry on. You can continue and finish it off. Because you didn't intend to do it specifically at that time. That wasn't your purpose or your goal. You started beforehand, but it just happened you ended up due to some delay in the burial. So then you continue. The purpose, the sheikh says, is that a person doesn't specifically try to bury at those times. Otherwise, a person can continue. Similarly, if a person began burying at the time of Asr or, there or thereabouts, and some delay occurred, and it got to the time of Maghrib almost starting, the sun is setting right down at the bottom, i.e. between the horns of the shaitan a prohibited time, but you continue in that case. It doesn't mean then you stop and you allow the time to go and then carry on. The purpose of this, the sheikh says, is you don't specify those times to begin in. You don't specify those times to go and plan to go bury someone. Outside of those times you do it. But if it so happens you are delayed, or something happens, and you end up falling into one of those times, then you continue. There are five times therefore that are mentioned, where the supererogatory prayers should not be prayed. There are more details coming yet. We haven't finished yet. والحكم الثاني عند شافعي من حديث أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه بسند ضعيف وزاد إلا يوم الجمعة وكذا لأبي داود نحوه عن أبي قتادة وعن جبير بن مطعم رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا بني عبد مناف لا تمنع أحدا طاف بهذا البيت وصلى آية أية ساعة شاء من ليل أو نهار The narration that Imam al-Shafi'i has and the narration that Abu Dawood mentions, there is an exception on Fridays from one of those times. We mentioned five times now. Just after uh, the actual Fajr time itself, then just when the sun starts to arise, then the middle peak of the day, then after Asr, up until sunset, and then specifically just before sunset. Five times that are mentioned. Al-Imam al-Shafi'i and Abu Dawood, they mentioned in certain narrations that one of those five times is excluded from Fridays. Which one? When the sun is at its peak imam al-Shafi'i and Abu Dawood mentioned that this is an exception on that day when the sun is at its peak. They said that is permissible and it doesn't come into the prohibition. However, many of the scholars have said that these two narrations that Imam Shafi'i and Abu Dawood, rahimahum Allah, mentioned are weak. Many of the scholars say these two particular narrations are actually weak and they cannot be used as an evidence. Lakin jaa sahih. However, there is an authentic narration where anna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam there is an authentic narration, however, where the Prophet ﷺ encouraged the people to come early to Jum'ah. And it is mentioned in the sunnah, to come early to Jum'ah, before the khutbah, come early and pray Nawafil prayers. Carry on praying Nawafil prayers until the Imam arrives. That's mentioned. A person can come early on the day of Friday on Jum'ah, before the khutbah, and start praying nawafil prayers. And continue praying nawafil prayers, two, two, two. Continue praying, until the imam arrives to deliver the khutbah, then the person stops. So now, how do we combine this? That's an authentic evidence saying, come early on Fridays, and pray. So this would therefore indicate that maybe, the ruling indicates, that the middle peak of the day on Fridays, is an exception. Because some people may come very early, before the peak of the day and begin praying the nawafil prayers in accordance to this narration. And the companions they used to do that. They used to come on Fridays on Jum'a, early before the peak of the day and start praying the nawafil. And they would continue praying the nawafil up until the imam, the Prophet ﷺ came to give the khutbah. Meaning they would continue to pray even when that middle peak of the day was in. They would carry on praying. It's not mentioned in any narrations that on Friday they would come, start praying, then stop for a moment or two at the peak of the day, then continue afterwards. It's not mentioned. So therefore the action of the companion would seem to indicate that Fridays at that time is an exception. The action of the companions would seem to indicate that Fridays is an exception. And the scholars, they mention a principle that if the companions, they did something, if the companions, they did something during the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ, and the Prophet ﷺ did not forbid them, then this indicates the permissibility of it. Because it cannot be the case that the companions were doing something which was impermissible. It cannot be the case that that was occurring and revelation did not come down to correct or rectify that affair. The scholars, they say, if it was the case that the companions were doing something that was impermissible, that was against the revelation, then the revelation would have come to the Prophet and he would have rectified the companions upon that issue. Therefore, if that did not occur, the Prophet ﷺ did not correct or rectify actions of the companions during his lifetime, then that indicates it was an approval of those actions, that they were correct and acceptable, and that is what the scholars they say. Is there any reference for that? Which one? The Sahaba complained earlier. Uh, not here, not yet, but uh, later it will be mentioned in the chapter of Jum'ah, insha'Allah. Here the Sheikh just mentions it as a point without the actual narration that the companions they would come. And they would pray early and they would continue praying and they would not stop at the peak point of the day on Fridays. So that would indicate that Fridays is an exception. Even though many of the scholars, they say the narrations that the Shafi'i and Abu Dawood mentioned are weak. But this evidence of the action of the companions themselves indicates that it is actually correct. That it's an exception. So, these are the times that are mentioned where it is not permissible to pray. And the Sheikh summarizes them here now. The first of them is what then? From dawn, Dawn. dawn, the true dawn, up until sunrise. Upon the correct opinion. The second time is? When When the sun rises. The actual sunrise, those early moments when it starts to rise in those early moments, that it needs to rise a little bit. When it's arisen properly a little bit, then you can carry on. But those early moments when it's just rising up, that's an impermissible time. Uh, The third time, the sun is at its peak. The fourth time, after Salat al-Asr, up until the sun is about to set, and the fifth time actually when The sun is just about to set. The very final moments. So really you could even summarize them and say, from dawn all the way up until the sun rises properly to the level of a a spear, as it's mentioned. That could be one long time if you want to summarize it into one. Because as scholars they say sometimes these are five times. You could summarize them into three. They could be summarized into three. The first one being from dawn all the way up until the sun rises a little bit. That's one. The second one, the peak. And the third one from Asr all the way until sunset. So you could summarize it in, in, into three times in that way. So the meaning of it is that all of the supererogatory prayers are not permissible in this time. and sabab. And here is the point the Sheikh is now going to make uh, regarding this one exception. The shaykh says that supererogatory prayers that do not have any reason behind them, then they are not permissible for a person to pray in those times. However, supererogatory prayers that do have a reason to them, they call them the fuqaha, they say, دَوَاتُ asbab, Prayers that have a specific reason behind them. Supererogatory prayers that have a specific reasoning behind them, then some of the scholars they say are permissible to pray even in those times, because now you're not praying a supererogatory prayer just for the sake of it. You're praying it because there is a specific reason to it. The example, one of the examples they give of that, is the hadith "إذا دخل أحدكم المسجد فلا يجلس حتى يصلي ركعتين." The hadith, which is in al-Bukhari, a Muslim. If one of you comes into the masjid then do not sit down. Until you pray to raqa'at. So now imagine if somebody came into the masjid after Asr prayer. Imagine somebody came into the masjid after Asr. He comes to the masjid and he prays the Asr in Jama'ah. Then he goes on for a while. And then half an hour before Maghrib he comes back. Or 20 minutes before Maghrib he comes back early for the Maghrib prayer. So what does he do? Does he just sit down now? Or is he allowed to pray to Raqa'at? for the tahiyyatul masjid, for greeting the masjid. Here some of the scholars, they say he's allowed, even though it's a time of prohibition, he's allowed, because there's a specific reason, as to why that prayer is going to be prayed now. They say the prohibition here, is the generality. If you're just going to pray, supererogatory prayers without any reason, then no. But if there's some specific reason, causing you to pray it, then some of the scholars, they say it is permissible. Uh, For example, tawaf, when you do tawaf, Then after the tawaf it's mentioned in the sunnah to pray two raka'at. Imagine you finish the tawaf and when you finish you're in one of these prohibited times. Again it's mentioned it's permissible to pray the two raka'at at that time. Similarly they mention for example the eclipse. If an eclipse occurred in a prohibited time Then again, it would be permissible to pray the prayer. If an eclipse occurred in one of the prohibited times, you would be able to pray, because that is a specific prayer with a specific reasoning. Similarly, a person makes wudu. It's mentioned in the sunnah. If you make wudu, pray two raka'at after it. Again, another specific reason to pray, because you've just made wudu. So here the scholars, they say that in these instances where there are prayers that have specific reasonings behind them, you're allowed to pray them. That is one opinion of the scholars. Other scholars, they say, no, specific or not specific. They say, this is prohibited times. Therefore, you cannot pray. But here the Sheikh is going to explain that further. وَمِمَّا فَإِنَّ عُمُومَ عاماني في جميع صلوات ذوات الأسباب وغير ذوات الأسباب، وأن صلاة ممنوعة في هذه الأوقات الخمسة، كما أن صلوات ذوات الأسباب، كما أن صلوات ذوات الأسباب شرعها رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في عموم الأوقات، ولم يستثني وقتاً دون وقت، فتعارض معنا عموم صلوات مع عموم الأوقات، فإذا كان الأمر كذلك فأيهما يقدم؟ Here the shaykh says we have two general issues, two general evidences. Firstly, all of the hadith which say that these times are prohibited are general. They all say generally those times are prohibited for nawafil prayers. None of those say that they are prohibited for nawafil prayers except if they were nawafil prayers with reasons. The hadith doesn't say that. The hadith just says that those times of prayer are impermissible those times you cannot pray a superagatory prayers in them. And it doesn't give any exceptions. However, these other narrations, if you enter the masjid and pray to raka'at, that's general too. It doesn't say, if you enter the masjid, pray to raka'at, except if you end up entering the masjid at a time of prohibition. It doesn't give that exception. So both ends of the narrations are general. One is generally prohibiting any prayer in those times. The other narrations are saying, generally, any time, when this reason is present, pray those prayers. Anytime when you make tawaf, pray it to raka'at, whatever time it is. Anytime you enter the masjid, pray it to raka'at, whatever time it is. So you have two general sides. What do you do in that case? The first opinion, which is the opinion of the jumhur of the scholars. The majority, the vast amounts of the scholars, umum as salawat. وأخذوا بالمنع بجميع صلوات النوافل لذوات الأسباب وغيرها لأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول لا صلاة بعد طلوع الفجر حتى تطلع الشمس فهذا المنع عام في جميع صلوات لكن الصلوات ذوات الأسباب فإن الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم أمر بها ولم يستثني منها وقتا دون وقت فهي من عموم الأوقات فالجمهور منعوا من الصلاة في هذه الأوقات سواء عاد دخول المسجد أو ركعتا الوضوء أو غير ذلك لم يستثنوا إلا صلاة الجنازة بعد الفجر وبعد العصر قالوا لأن الجنازة تتضرر والوقت طويل من بعد العصر إلى غروب الشمس وكذلك من بعد طلوع الفجر إلى طلوع الشمس أو إلى ارتفاع الشمس وهذا مذهب الحنفية والمالكية والحنابلة The Hanabila, the Malikiyah, and the Hanafiyah, they all take the opinion that it is impermissible to pray any prayer in those times, even these prayers with specific reasonings behind them. That is the opinion of the majority of the scholars. It is impermissible to pray any prayer in those times, even the prayers that have specific reasonings behind them. They gave one exception though, which is the janazah prayer. They said, because the janazah should not be delayed. You shouldn't delay the janazah because the person, the corpse, that individual is harmed by the delay. You shouldn't delay the janazah, pray it quickly and bury the person. So they say, if for example now somebody died just when Fajr dawn started, for you to wait now until the sunrise and then even after the sunrise slightly could be two hours, three hours. That's a long time to have to wait. Or if somebody dies just at the time of Asr, for you to have to wait all the way until now sun sets after Maghrib, pray and bury him. That's another two hours, three hours you have to wait. So they say that one exception of the janazah is okay. But otherwise no other prayer should be prayed in those prohibited times because of the generality that there is no prayer in those times. The second opinion though, which is the methodology of al-Imam shafii and in one narration, what al-Imam Ahmad also mentioned, and this is what Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah chose, uh, that the prayers that do have specific reasonings can be prayed in those times. That is the opinion of Al Imam Shafi'i and one narration from Al Imam Ahmad, and also the choice of Sheikh al Islam ibn Taymiyyah that prayers with specific reasons behind them can be prayed in those times. Again, because they say the Prophet ﷺ commanded us to pray these other prayers, and he didn't make any exception. He said, Whoever enters the masjid, pray before you sit down. There was never any exception except if you enter at the time of prohibition, then just sit down. There was never any narrations of those types, any exceptions like that. So they said these commands have to be implemented. So they say the prohibition is general. You don't pray any nawafal prayers, but if there are reasons, you can do so. And that is the opinion of some of the scholars, as we mentioned, Imam Shafi'i, a narration from Ahmad, the choice of uh, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. Uh, He mentions that in Majmu' al-Fatawah, that is the second opinion regarding the prayers at those times. As a side point, not linked to the topic regarding the entering of the masjid and praying two raka'at before sitting down. The dhahiriya, The zahiriya, there is one group of people upon this methodology where they take the apparent, the straight out apparent meanings of the texts without actually understanding the reasonings behind them or combining them with the rest of the sunnah properly to understand their context. They said that if a person comes into the masjid, and at the door of the masjid, a person, he sits down before he comes into the masjid. At the door of the masjid, he sits down and then he crawls in. So now that person, did he walk into the masjid? He never walked into the masjid in the first place. He came into the masjid sitting down. So they said therefore you don't have to pray al masjid if you do that. These are some of the things that they mentioned. The zahiriya. And there used to be an individual. We heard from him. We heard that he used to come to the masjid sometimes and when he got to the door, he would roll in on his side and sit down. So that he wouldn't be walking into the masjid and have to pray al masjid. So this is clearly not the correct position that the scholars have clarified. And that understanding of the narration is not what was intended. But this is some of the opinions that some of the people they have. And they are not correct, as the scholars have mentioned. Then we have the final hadith, the hadith of Jubair uh, uh, ibn Mut'im. The hadith of Jubair ibn Mut'im, anhu, uh, He said that the Prophet said, Ya bani abd manaf. لَا تَمْنَعُوا أَحَدًا طَافَ بِهَذَا الْبَيْتِ وصلى أَيَّةَ سَاعَةٍ شَاءً مِن لَيْلٍ وَنَهَارٍ The Prophet ﷺ said, Oh, children of Abd Manaf, do not prevent anybody who comes and makes Tawaf to pray whatever time that might be, day or night. Do not prevent anyone to pray whatever time that may be, day or night. If they make the Tawaf, then do not stop them. So this seems to indicate again that it is permissible to pray a prayer that has a specific reasoning. This would be an evidence to indicate you are allowed to pray the prayers that have a specific reasoning. Because here the hadith says, do not prevent anybody who comes and makes tawaf to then pray two raka'at, whatever time that will be. Whatever time they end up finishing their tawaf, allow them to pray. Which would indicate therefore that this is an exception to the general prohibition. If they ended up finishing their 12th at a prohibited time, then don't stop them still. Allow them to pray the two rakahat. Khusisabi بِغَيْرِهِمَا min ذَوَاتِ الْأَسْبَابِ asbab, تَخْصِيصٌ بِالنَّصْ that مِنْ ذَوَاتِ الْأَسْبَابِ تُخَصَّصُ مِنْ بَابِ min يُؤَيِّدُ مَا asbab إِلَيْهِ الَّذِينَ يُجِيزُونَ ladina asbabi al min sabab la al so this indicates uh, that the specific prayers that have reasons can be prayed at those times because here the people were going to make tawaf and they may end up finishing the tawaf at the prohibited times but it was mentioned here by the Prophet ﷺ do not prevent them from praying the two raka'at whatever time they finish even if it's the prohibited times therefore أو المراد عموم صلوات النوافل وأن المسجد الحرام أيضا يستثنى ولا يدخل في أوقات النهي Some people, they said, does this hadith mean when the Prophet ﷺ said, when they make tawaf, then do not prevent them from praying two raka'at afterwards, anytime. The scholars, they said, does that mean just the two raka'at of the tawaf? Or does this narration mean any prayer? Meaning it's a complete exception. In the haram, you can pray whatever nawafil you want at any time. Or was the intent of the Prophet ﷺ, just the two that go with the tawaf? الحديث محتمل. The hadith could mean both. It could mean both. فَهُوَ يعم جميع النَّوَافِلُ فتكون مكة ويجوز التنفل فيها في هَذِي الأوقات الخمسة لكن هذا الاحتمال مَرْجُوحِ وَالْرَاجِحُ الله أَعْلَمْ أنه أراد الطواف. The correct opinion seems to be that what the Prophet intended was just the two of the tawaf. Because that is a prayer with a specific reason. And this is why Shaykh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah and some of the scholars, they took this opinion that prayers with specific reasonings you are allowed to pray them. But these are the types of issues where there are clearly evidences on both sides. and It is an issue of fiqh where the scholars have come to their conclusions based upon these evidences. So these types of issues, it is a mistake when people begin to become harsh on these types of issues. It is a mistake if somebody sees another person praying 20 minutes before Maghrib, Tahiyyatul Masjid. It is a mistake for a person to come and become harsh on that individual and say you're committing an error, and this is a bid'ah, and this and that, and the evidence says it's the awqat, the, the times of prohibition. That's an opinion with the evidences. And so is that. To pray is an opinion with the evidences. The scholars, they differed on the issue with the evidences. These types of affairs are not affairs that you become severe over, or that you start to have severity and harshness over them, you begin to call people innovators over them. These are not the types of issues that this occurs on. With these types of issues, there is some leniency. The scholars, they came to these evidences or these conclusions based upon these evidences, and all of them are strong, because there are evidences clearly indicating both positions. These types of things, the scholars they say, Al fihi wasa. There is some leniency, some leeway in these types of affairs. And it's a mistake how some of the individuals they become severe and harsh over these types of issues, where there are clearly evidences on both sides. When do you become harsh on somebody? When do you become severe in holding on to the one correct point when it comes to the issues of Aqidah? When it comes to the issues of the methodology. Then there is no other way. Then there is only one pathway. This is my straight path, so follow it. There is only one pathway then. When it comes to the aqeedah, when it comes to the names and attributes, the tawheed, to the methodology of the Prophet Sallam in practicing this religion, in those affairs there is only one way. That is not to be misunderstood. These are issues of fiqh we are speaking about where the scholars made ijtihad. There could be differing in those types of things. But when it comes to issues of aqidah, then there is no differing between the companions. The companions did not differ in aqidah. They did not differ in the usool, in the principles. Even if some ignorant individuals, they deviate they deviate, or they bring about their points or their lectures in a way that ends up causing the people to think that the companions used to differ in aqidah and this is their error. This is their mistake. And this is their misguidance to do these types of things. To cause the people to think that the companions differ in aqeedah. Or that they differ in the usul. They give you examples about seeing Allah, ju- seeing Allah on the night of al-Isra wal-mi'raj. Did the Prophet see Allah or not? That is not an example to prove that the companions differ in aqeedah. Anybody who reads the books of Shaykh al-Islam, you will see how he clarified that and explained very simply <coughs> that Ibn Abbas was not differing with Aisha radiallahu anha. These are simple issues that can be understood for anybody who wants to know the truth. But these deviants, because they want to promote their methodology, which is essentially the methodology of the Ikhwan al-Muslimin, to cooperate with everybody and not to speak about the people of innovation, never to refute anybody, even if they deserve to be refuted, in order to protect the people from their misguidance, which is a principle from the religion and the principle of the salaf. To protect the people from misguidance, you see an individual calling to grave worship, are you going to remain silent and say, well, he says, La ilaha illallah. That would be misguidance. Rather, you warn the people from him. But these people, they don't want to do that. They want to cooperate with everybody. They want to be like the Ikhwan al-Muslimin, turn a blind eye to our errors, let's all unite together. So then they'll bring you these deviated types of speech that the companions even used to differ. They all used to have differences. There's no issue if us Muslims now have a few differences. Differences where there is a possibility of a difference, no problem. These types of issues, ijtihad of the scholars, evidences are there, okay. But when it comes to aqeedah methodology, the way of the Prophet in practicing the religion, the way of the salaf, there are no differences there. There is no nonsense that these people they bring, that there are differences and everybody's okay, you can have this aqeedah, you can have this aqeedah, as Yas al-Qadi and these people, they unite and make signatures with all types of people of innovation. That isn't the way of the salaf. So here with these types of issues, the scholars they say, have some leniency, there's okay. The ijtihad of the scholars and the evidences are there. So to summarize all of this, the Sheikh summarizes at the end. He says, al-ahadith ala masail. These ahadith they indicate certain issues. The first of them is explaining the times of prohibition. فِيهَا بَيَانْ أَوْقَاتِ nahi, And that they are five times. Two lengthy times and three short times. The two lengthy times, from the arise of the dawn up until sunrise, and from asr up until just before sunset. Two lengthy times. Three short times, from sunrise itself until it rises a little bit, the peak of the day, and just before sunset. So five times altogether. The second issue is فِي هَذِهِ الأحاديث دَلِيلٌ عَلَى مَنْعِ النوافل فِي هَذِهِ الْأَوْقَاتِ uh, The hadith indicates therefore the prohibition of praying supererogatory prayers. And we've already mentioned that this indicates the generality of them. But if there are specific reasons, then some of the scholars they have mentioned they are permissible to pray. Also there was the exception of Fridays for the peak of the day, due to the act of the companions whereby they would come and pray Uh, and would not break off for that. Uh, Also, the hadith of Jubair ibn Mut'im seems to indicate that specific reasoned prayers are permissible in those times. Um, Also, something mentioned by the shaykh here is that it indicates that the masjid, -masjid al-masjid al-haram, is a masjid where it is opened and Available for people to pray in at all times. Al Masjid Al Haram in Mecca, it is not closed day or night. It is open day and night. And it is not made impermissible for you to make tawaf at any time. People can make tawaf, they can pray, they can do their affairs of worship in that masjid at any time. The only time they would stop is the obligatory prayers. So that is something that the Shaykh mentions. All of that is open unavailable at all of the time, and it is not closed. Uh, And that is the final point in general that the Shaykh mentions there. That's where we'll conclude. And next time, insha'Allah, we'll continue by giving certain more explanations regarding the times of the prayers, uh, specifically about the fajr prayer, and when a person has to stop eating if you're going to fast, and various other things linked to the times of the prayers. And once that is done, next week we'll finish that. Next week will be the last lesson on the times of the prayers. After that then we'll start in the chapter of the Adhan. The rulings linked to the Adhan. How is the Adhan to be done? Who is supposed to do the Adhan? All of those things linked to that inshaAllah will be in two weeks.